Welcome, you're listening to The Sacristy, a podcast where we seek to learn, discuss, and exult in the faith delivered once for all to the saints as it has been passed down in the Anglican tradition. I'm Father Matthew Ainsley, the vicar of All Souls Episcopal Church, a church plant in Horizon West, Florida, and I'm joined by my 90s loving co-host, <laughs> okay, uh, Father David Bumstead, the rector of Emmanuel Episcopal Church in the Audubon Park neighborhood of Orlando, Florida. We're real priests with real jobs and real churches, and service times are in our bio. We'd love for you to join us for worship if you're ever in town. Hey, man. Hey. Yeah, that's true. I I like the 90s enough. I mean, I lived through them, so. I said that because we were just reminiscing about some Alanis Morissette. And... Yeah, we were doing some grammatical analysis as to whether... I mean, it's, I think people have done this many times, but we were trying to figure out if the things in... The song uh, isn't it ironic? Are they actually ironic? And does Alanis Morissette understand what irony? I think is? she does. I think that's the shtick. I think it's ironic that. But I'm sure there's been many a BuzzFeed article written about this, perhaps. Probably. We're like the 47th country to land on the moon. I mean, like we did it, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's kind of old hat. It was, you know, <laughs> it wasn't for public consumption. Just a conversation we were yeah. having. Mm. Hey, so uh, it's getting to be kind of close to Ash Wednesday. It is, yeah. As we kind of get, this is our calendar bit, right? Yeah, we're just planning as we go right now in the air. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's getting uh, Ash Wednesday two weeks from yesterday as we record this. Yeah, on the twenty sixth of February, the beginning of Lent Woo! coming. So you've got your church plant. Yes, uh, and as uh, as listeners who have been following along know, they don't actually have a church building, which is both challenging and exciting. So, how is it that you are going to uh, observe Ash Wednesday? We were able, thanks to the school and thanks be to God, uh, we're able to rent the space that we use on Sunday morning for all of our Lenten and Holy Week stuff. That's so great. we'll be there on Ash Wednesday at Bay Lake Elementary and we'll be there for Monday, Thursday and Good Friday. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. So that yeah, that'll be really good to be able to do it um you know, as fun as it was to do it outside in the elements as you get into spring in Florida. Uh, it's not not not, so not great. Yeah. 87 and lightning, you know, no we thanks. never know what could happen. What about you, man? Oh my gosh, well we had a really long and great liturgical planning meeting uh here at Emmanuel. Um, just this morning, we planned everything from uh, Shrove Tuesday pancake supper all the way through uh, Easter. Um, and uh, so uh, Ash Wednesday, I think what we'll do is uh, we actually have three services uh, as part of our, our own calendar. We've got a 7.30 a.m. Uh, in the chapel. We'll have a uh, 12.05 in the parish church. We'll have a two fifteen outside in the in, um, outside of the parish doors where we'll put out some chairs and yeah. Talk yeah. a little bit more about that. Yeah, this is a well, new thing, right? Yeah, this is going to be new for us. Um, we we really wanted to do something that um, kind of invited the families uh, and children across the street from the school, knowing that many of them will um, might want to uh, do something liturgical, but might not be available for a longer service, uh, might not be available for a 1205, um, and wouldn't necessarily want to come back out for a seven o'clock. Um, and, uh, 
it might might be more um compelling to do something quicker now um in our tradition we talk about something called ashes to go um <laughs> not into it <laughs> um so what we'll be doing is um instead of just uh instead of just administering the ashes to people who are interested what we'll do is we'll sit down and we'll do the entire ash wednesday liturgy up until where the prayer book kind of um references communion so we'll just leave off communion and have a have a shorter service but we'll go through the readings and the psalter and the prayers uh, and especially the invitation to a holy lent which is really important to me as a pastor Um, yeah so you're giving context to the liturgical action (laughs) yeah essentially which is Uh, awesome yeah yeah that's a great idea because again we've talked about this in other episodes uh, I wish we could post a picture. I guess we could post a picture, but just if you guys could see how close Emmanuel is to this school. Oh yeah, it's it, so it, close. It's it's definitely something to think about. Like, hey, how can we engage? Yeah, the, and and to the rest of the neighborhood. It's yeah, of right course. in the middle of a neighborhood. Well, yeah. we we always we always want to make you know we 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 always want to make an invitation to our neighborhood to the families. We we believe that we are the parish church. Um, we we want to minister to the hearts and minds of those around us, but we want to do so in a way that's consonant with the faith once and for all delivered to the saints. So um, that's, that's kind of what we're thinking about. And then of course, like I said, we'll have a 7 PM on Ash Wednesday with the choir uh, singing some beautiful, um, if sparse kind of uh, Ash Wednesday music. So sweet. And then Holy week is going to be awesome. I mean, our listeners, let me tell you something. Emmanuel's Holy Week is so dope. Like we pull out all the stops. Our 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 people work super hard. Our choir, our our choir master and organist do this incredible work every year. And I think that for a parish our size, which is, you know, um kind of mid size in, in, in the grand scheme of the Episcopal Church, um, but a but a parish church in um or neighborhood parish, excuse me, um, we're not rocking the program size we're not rocking the the huge thing we're just rocking the really solid little neighborhood parish and we do holy week right around here i'm so excited every year it's a lot of work yeah but man it is real good so that's awesome yeah it's it's it is really awesome it's it's so good they yeah. everybody does such a good job i'm like super pumped but I'm, yeah. not, I'm not pumped about how tired I'm going to be, <laughs> but yeah, everything I, else is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, I love Holy Week. I'm very excited to do the first one at All Souls and just yeah. really for all of Lent. Uh, we're going to kick it off. I didn't say this a minute ago. We're going to have a Shrove Tuesday at uh, the House of Some Parishioners. Cool, yeah. And we'll, you know, hopefully get a bunch of families out there. We'll do like the English pancake races where you flip the pancakes in a pan while you run yeah i was thinking about seeing if we could do that it might be a little late in the game now but maybe next year for us i mean just get some pans even if they're toy pans from the dollar store like the cheapest ones you can find out somewhere like walmart and you just need some cones and you can do a relay it's pretty easy to pull off fair enough so so i'm excited about that and then for lent one of the things that we're going to be doing i mean of course there's the it's going to change liturgically because we follow the prayer book. Right. But one of the things that, that we're going to try, you know, as, as Lent, you want to, it's of course somber and, and more solemn. And um, we're going to end up um, moving the piece to the passing of the piece till after the fraction. Interesting. Uh, which is the traditional 
uh, spot for it, one of the places that you can mm-hmm. you can put it. Check uh, your rubrics. Yeah. It's in the prayer book. I, <laughs> I don't have to get special permission from my bishop. It's right. in the prayer book. Uh, and one of the reasons to do that is it's twofold. One is really trying to teach a little bit about what the piece is, that it's not halftime to the right. service. It's not necessarily let's figure out like who's going to pick up the bill at Buffalo Wild Wings after church. Uh, that we're um, acknowledging like the peace of the Lord that mm-hmm. comes from the Lord through Christ and then the peace that we have to each other and then making sure that relationally we're at peace before we receive the sacrament. Right, um, which, is a, which is, means that it's, once again, to use that word, it's consonant with the, the, the exhortation, sure. which is often pulled out at, in, in Lent. We, yeah. we use it, we read it during our Lenten meditations. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, showing the, taking, understanding how there is a value somewhat in the social aspect of passing the peace, but a greater value in, a, in the ritual aspect mm-hmm. of making sure that, yeah, we're good. We are together uh, working as one as we go to the altar rail to receive the sacrament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... It also, I think, being right after the fraction, I think it's really clear that like we have peace with God, yeah, through Christ, yeah. particularly His His blood that was poured out uh, on the cross, and so that'll be we we won't have announcements uh, during the service. We'll actually do that immediately after. Oh, brilliant! It's <laughs> uh, sort of the beginning, the transition to our coffee half hour, mm-hmm. and if you've seen our setup, kind of have to walk through it. So we're going to try it. The announcement part of it could bomb, yeah. but, but I think it's worth experimenting. That, that way, we're, we're really staying engaged in the liturgy and sort of, instead of having like five or ten ma- minutes of downtime, like an intermission. Right. And I know that's not intended to be that, but talking to a few priests out there, I, I think it's probably a common concern that it can degenerate into, again, sort of an intermission in the service, which it shouldn't be. May maxima yeah. culpa. I mean, I know yeah. for me, it's like I dread it every Sunday. Um, it's one of those things that uh, I, I love your idea. Um, I might steal it someday. Um, but one of my one of the places where I feel the most vulnerable as a priest and certainly a place where I feel like I have to perform, quote unquote, the most is during the announcements. It's, uh, you know, between the what um, the confession and the um the peace and the and the uh offertory sentence it's just like get me out of here <laughs> i hate that so but i mean it's a pattern that's so well worn it's hard to break so and you have a chance to break it good for you yeah and we're in a place where you know we're just getting started and i'm not just saying this i mean the people are really flexible and yeah in the best sort of way and so we can try different stuff. And if it's like, yeah, that doesn't really work for us, we can go back. But I, I think it's also cool to, you know, hey, this is mm-hmm. the, the piece has typically been here. It's a good like teaching moment. Yeah. Uh, and being about able the to... liturgy and the theology behind what we yeah. do. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, man. Well, let's pray. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Oh, God, the strength of all who put their trust in thee. Mercifully accept our prayers, and because through the weakness of our mortal nature, we can do no good thing without thee, give us the help of thy grace, that in keeping thy commandments we may please thee both in will and deed, 
through Jesus Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Well, today we are uh, going to be doing uh, what we've called a lesser feast, and uh, really just kind of keeping the discipline of doing our sermon first pass. But Father, I, I think that you need to come clean. Oh yeah, this is actually my 10th pass. <laughs> yeah, he sent me the text of his sermon this morning. <laughs> yeah, I would say the sermon is yeah 90% of the way there. <laughs> After praying that collect, I hadn't spent a lot of time looking at the collect. That was the collect for the sixth Sunday after Epith- the, the Epiphany. And I'm like, yeah, oh, that's pretty much my sermon right yeah, there. So I'm kind bad, of right? subconsciously ripping off the collect, but there's some uh, great theology in there. Absolutely. Uh, that, that fits uh, particularly with uh, the gospel reading. Yeah, well, in particular, when you look at the this array of texts, you're struck by um, the the sense of command, uh, you know, returning to that theme that we've, we've been talking about really since we started this podcast of obedience, the difficulty of obedience, um, the importance of obedience, mm-hmm. uh, and yet um, our inability to do it right without some real help. Uh, the Old Testament is Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 20. Or, or you have the option of Sirach chapter 15, verses 15 through 20, which is like a really sweet. It's really good. Apocryphal passage. Yeah. That, yeah. You can do that one. First uh, Corinthians uh, 3, 1 through 9 uh, is the epistle. And the gospel is Matthew chapter 5, 21 through 37. And I don't want to forget about the psalm. It's a portion of Psalm 119. It's verses 1 through 8. Quite the lineup of readings. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, like, even, so just right off the bat, um, you know, as you mentioned, the, the collect says, Give us the help of your grace that in keeping your commandments we may please you in both will and deed. And um, Deuteronomy, Moses says, See, I've set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today, by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways and observing his commandments, decrees and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are, steal- that you are entering to possess. And I mean, isn't that basically the clarion call of the entire Old Testament? Mm-hmm. If you are wise and keep the commandments, observe Torah, then then you'll do as you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You'll become numerous and and uh, and uh, magnify the living God. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah. really good. One thing that I've been doing in my preaching is as we've had these uh, readings uh, throughout Epiphany Tide mm-hmm. and. Is trying to emphasize the continuity between uh, the promises of God to Abraham and their fulfillment in Christ, and in in a way, sort of uh, combating what I would call this sort of uh, neo-Marcionite myth. Yeah, you sure, know, Marcion. You know, one of the first uh, heresies. Yeah, like an arch heresy. Yeah, an arch heresy in the church of, you know, did not think Yahweh and Jesus, you know, were, um, you know, of the same essence, Mm -hmm. uh, to use some later language. 
that there, that he rejected the God of the Old Testament, rejected the Old Testament scriptures, and um, and significant portions of the New Testament scriptures as well. Yeah, and so um, I still think we have this sort of uh, again I call it this neo Marcionism, you know that that the Old Testament is about adherence to the letter of the law, and the New Testament is about you know, adherence to the spirit of the law, mm-hmm. that it's works versus grace, that it's action versus intent, that it's externals versus internals, and trying to draw that this is really a false dichotomy. Right. Because I think so too, yeah. What's happening in the Sermon on the Mount is that uh, Jesus is fulfilling the law, but he's, al- he's also intensifying its demands uh, under what James calls the law of liberty. Right. And the law of Christ that he's saying, you know, it's not just about, okay, you didn't kill someone, which is like, let's avoid that. That's like, like <laughs> yeah. you get a couple gold stars for not murdering someone, yeah. but are Good you, job. but are you angry with your brother? Mm-hmm. Cause you'll be liable to judgment if you are. It's not just about avoiding adultery, a good thing to avoid. Sure. But it's also, what about your heart? If you're looking at a woman to lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart. So it, he's, he's. He's interpreting the law. He's correcting misunderstandings about the law of Moses. But then he's intensifying its demands. Then also one thing that's happening tacitly is is that he is showing the continuity of really the nature and character of God. Right. And of the Old and New Testaments. Because it's always been about uh, both. Um, it's, It's about externals and internals because in the old testament god cares about your motives in your heart i mean deuteronomy 6 the great shema love the lord your god with all your heart mm-hmm. uh, the prophet isaiah i mean god rebukes israel he says well you guys are checking all the boxes good job he says no 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 you honor me with your lips right but your hearts are far from me so then god cares about the heart he yeah. cares about the motives but then the converse is true in the New Testament. The New Testament is full of commands. Right. And what we do matters. You know, you have Paul, the apostle of grace, saying that we're, we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account for the deeds done in the body, whether good or evil. Now, I'm not a legalist. I'm not saying that you have to keep the law of Moses to be saved. Uh, that's also a early Christian heresy yeah. that, Paul, that Paul deals Paul with. Paul himself, yeah. But the and the collect gets at this: the gift that we have is that through Christ and by the Spirit, because we've been made new, and the grace that we've received as by virtue of our union with Christ, we are actually able to be the people that God has called us to be. Yeah. And we are expected to cooperate with grace and to walk in the spirit. Right. Yeah, we have we have the spirit. So we have the grace that we need. Everything that we have we need for life and godliness. But that's why you have throughout the New Testament. You know, don't resist the spirit. Uh walk in the spirit. Be filled with the spirit. It's full of exhortations and commands um that we um that guide us into this new life that we have in Christ. Yeah, right. And there's a uh, yeah, like how does how does Paul refer to the Corinthians as folks who are 
gifted with the spirit, but are not living into the promises. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, I could not speak to you as spiritual people, but rather as people of flesh, as infants in Christ. You know, infants is Christ. Is not, I, don't, I don't think he means that like you're cute, right? I fed you with milk, not solid food, mm-hmm. but you were not ready for solid food. Even now you are not ready. Even now you, for you are still of the flesh. His, he's addressing quarreling, which happens because people are not living according to the rule of the Spirit. For as long as there is jealousy and quarreling among you, you are, not, are you not of the flesh and behaving according to human inclinations? You still look like you're not living in the Spirit. Mm. You still look like that. There's all these great little like, contrasts, too, within these, this grouping of texts. I think that works directly with what you're saying. You know, what, what does Deuteronomy what do both wisdom and Sirach, of Sirach and Deuteronomy, both of them give us a very stark set of options, life and death. Which one is life, Father Matt? Which is the way of life? Christ. Christ. To follow, <laughs> to, follow Christ to live in his obedience, to, to live under, un, under the law of his commandments and his law, of, as James says, in perfect liberty. Or the other option is death. In the same way, we have a similar, uh, you know, we have, Folks who are mature enough to eat food, have life, you know, and life abundantly, or babies. Mm. <laughs> and so, like, you know, I wouldn't necessarily want to call my congregation babies out there. Um, mm. But, you know, that, that moment of, of recognition that I find myself not necessarily wanting to be reductive when I preach. It's a sort of, like, exercise and discipline. But life and death. Are we being obedient to the commandment of God? Are we therefore walking in holiness and righteousness and justice? Or are we heading headlong into death? Yeah. And uh, man, I'll tell you what, when I'm reading these texts, I'm like, shoot, looking at my own life, I'm like, man, <laughs> I got to get right. <laughs> I almost feel like a, back in the Pentecostal church where I've got to go up to the altar call again. Well, there are times to be. Redu- <laughs> well, well, I'm just saying there. There are times to be reductive. Sure. We um, we make things more complicated than they are. Sometimes it's like, well, we try so hard to make the Christian life something other than it is, or to make a text say something other than what it says, and like because we're we're trying to find a way to have the benefits of following Christ but still do whatever we want to do. Right. And I'm speaking autobiographically. Yeah. And I hear that and say, I hear that as like, yep, that's me for sure. Instead of like, no, there's a, like, there's a stark contrast between, uh, the way of life and the way of death. Yeah. Uh, and if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than your whole body yeah. to, in, to go into hell. says our Lord. And this, yeah. uh, this passage, Again, life and death. What, yeah. what, and what life is there but, I mean, the life that God promised yeah. to uh, the world when he created it, uh, to the people of Israel who, live under, who ought to have lived under his command uh, and covenant, and the life that Jesus Christ promises us in eternity, in his presence, again, with the beatific vision in mind mm-hmm. and in heart, versus none of that. I mean, well, well, this prepare, I mean, that section of the Sermon on the Mount, you know, about stumbling because of one's eye or because of one's hand, that, that really prepares us for Lent. It and, does, yeah. As we're really going to get in and talk about, you know, 
mortification, you know, putting to death your members so that you can follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And thinking through those things, and, you know, I'm going to begin to get the people at All Souls to think about, you know, Lenten disciplines uh, and all these different things. Because, I mean, we, we have stumbling blocks uh, in our lives. Yeah. What, you know, whether it's us. a lot of people try to limit uh, media, whether it's TV or, or social media, which, you know, that's not giving up social media is not <laughs> too much of a discipline because it can be a dumpster fire. But um... I will tell you, it's, you know, <laughs> I, I, I will be probably saying outright as Lent begins things about social media and how we can. Um, start to to be to limit our use of them for the purpose of personal holiness, and um, I would say that my life has improved greatly as I have greatly reduced my own um, output and use therein. Um, but I would say also that when I do like use it to post or find like other things going on, like on on Facebook or Instagram specifically that like it now like hurts in in weird ways. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my gosh, this is so bad. This is so bad for me. (laughs) Like, um, like I don't, and I can't even explain it half the time is like, and this is completely, um, a tangent, but like what, what that particular aspect of modern life has can do to us is like, man, like why would a why would a post on Twitter like ruin my day? Like and it does sometimes. Yeah, I mean it's again this is a tangent, uh, but we've got a few minutes so we can go down it. <laughs> it. It is I think not just in Lent but all the time to think about how how do these things affect us? And I don't think as individuals and or as a society, we've really stopped to take into account how media affects us. Just right. our, our access to movies entertainment uh cell phones the, the speed of communication um social media all those sorts of things and are those things like calling us to holiness or are they dragging us away from that like into anger yeah right are you angry well, no, with, I mean, are, like, are you angry with yeah. your brother because he said something on facebook that you think is ridiculous or I mean, get on Instagram, stay away from the explore tab because it'd be really easy to maybe see something yeah. you shouldn't see. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, there's all kinds of stuff like where there's all these occasions to stumble. And so we have to be be really careful that we set yeah. no Yeah, I said it was a tangent, eyes. but yeah. I mean, I'm, as I'm like just looking again at the beginning of the, of the gospel text, uh, if I say to you, but I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you'll be liable to judgment. If you insult a brother or sister, you'll be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, you'll be liable to the hell of fire. So all of those things happen on the reg, like in the kind of disembodied electronic speech that we give each other via, I mean, everything from, you know, chain email to, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. Those things have a place, I think, and can be used well for me. I will do all of those things. I will become angry with a brother and sister, becoming liable to judgment. I will insult a brother or sister and therefore be liable to counsel. And I will definitely not watch my output and I will call someone a fool sure. and therefore be liable to the hell of fire. So, <laughs> I mean, like, that's that's one way to preach that, I think, maybe. Maybe I'll go that way. I don't know. Yeah, and it seems that people that have, you know, given up TV that have given up, you know, 
sort of just the free use of yeah their iPhones, you know, just constantly being on it. Those people tend to be happier and, and not regret that they did that. And then also try to think about like the monastic tradition, like would any of the would a desert <laughs> would a desert father have had an iPhone or and, and you know that can seem like an extreme example, but it's like yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with no. Yeah, I'm gonna. Well, what was that tell? What was that story you told me about a fellow who had like a an iPhone on Matt Athos or something like that? <laughs> he he was a pilgrim. He was just visiting. He wasn't even Orthodox. Yeah, yeah. and it was like showing YouTube videos there, and it's like it's just they don't have that there. Yeah, yeah. I saw a special on Mount Athos, like sixty minutes. They have one landline there. So they can communicate if there's like an emergency with the outside world. But like people don't have, they're not rocking like iPhone 11 over there. <laughs> it's like not a, not a part of their life. You mean the Manathos uh, Holy Fathers are not rocking an Android? No. No. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. Galaxy S8 or whatever. So yeah, there's a lot in there. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot in these texts. There's a lot of ways to go. Um, I think for me, one of the things that I will be, as a, you know, Father Matt has prepared his sermon, but as I look forward to preparing mine, um, I think one time you or I both, we might have, one of us has said that we're always preaching to ourselves uh, in a sense. And so um, I want to appro- approach these texts as things that ought to affect my spirit and convict my heart of, um, you know, am I seeking the way of life or do i seek the way of death whether by positive or negative omission um yeah that deuteronomy text has got in my brain right now so do it man preach that preach the so-called old testament yeah make man. it new i'll tell you what in our, in our parish here we've been doing a lot of work in the old testament at the rector's forum and you know Basically, I'm looking like, once again, John Nash from A Beautiful Mind, connecting all these dots with people. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun, actually. Um, so, priests, help your people with the Old Testament. Parishioners, listen to your priests that are doing that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. I think that's it. Yeah, that's pretty Record much it. time. Yeah. That's pretty much all we got. Uh, we're still working on getting some... some, uh, some Tears ready for uh, a Patreon account. We talked about that last time we met. Um, you know, if if you hear this and see a post on Instagram, uh, um, you know, give us some ideas of of what you might like to see our listeners uh, as part of a, a, a Patreon tier, some extra content that we could put together uh, that's special for Patreon users. Um, and look forward to that hopefully in the next few weeks. Um, and as always, thank you for listening and thank you for. Um, you know, well, every time we record something and put it out there, we get, you know, new pings from new places. And it's just super cool to to think like that somebody in like, I think we had one in India last week and maybe it was a bot. Who knows? But maybe somebody who's like still interested in this stuff out in India. That would be really cool. Um, it would be. It would be super cool. So uh, thank you again for, for all of that. And we say it every week, every time we meet, but it does mean quite a bit to us and appreciate. We appreciate your prayers and support. So. We're going to pray together the song of Simeon, that is the Nuke Dimittis. Guide us waking, O Lord, and guard us sleeping, that awake awake we may watch with Christ, and asleep we may rest in peace. Lord, you now have set your servant free. 
to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of mine have seen the Savior, whom you have prepared for all the world to see, a light to enlighten the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Guide us waking, O Lord, and guard us sleeping, that awake we may watch with Christ, and asleep we may rest in peace.